Welcome to the Gangster of Consciousness. My name is Catherine McIntosh, rebel, entrepreneur, mom, global access consciousness certified facilitator, body intuitive, and founder of the No Judgment Diet, bringing you conversations to inspire you to follow your knowing and be the rebel by listening to your gut despite what anyone else might say. This is about being willing to go against the norm to create magnificence in every area of your life. Genius was not created by following the rules. All right, my friends, welcome back to Gangster of Consciousness. Today's episode, episode 15. Oh yeah, one five. So what is today's topic? We're going to go off a spinoff of yesterday's topic. So today's topic is the death of judgment. We're going to throw a funeral for judgment today. So, you know, I've been at this game of judgment for a really long time. I've been at this game of consciousness for a long time, and I've been at this game of self-awareness and personal development for a long, long, long time. And I've done about everything that you think you can do to try to change something, I've done. And... Here's what I will say about this and take it for what it's worth in your life and throw out what doesn't resonate, right? We've got this saying where what's true for you will make you feel light. What isn't true for you will make you feel heavy. And, you know, I know a lot of people that sort of misidentify and misapply heavy and resistant. So when something truly is not true for you, it is heavy. And when something is inviting you into a greater possibility, you will label it or misidentify it as heavy when actually it's a resistance to something that is that you can't yet see that is inviting you into greater. But that's a little bit off topic. <laughs> so the death of judgment. So here's what I'll say. So I, at the age of 15, was having a moment and I was in second period of sophomore year in high school. And I went to a small Midwestern high school. There was about 200 people, I think, was it 200 in my grade? 200 in my grade, maybe 800 in my whole high school. Um, And it was a pretty, it was an awesome high school. It was called Whitefish Bay High School. For those of you Midwestern, Milwaukee, Wisconsin people, yes, that's where I was raised. <laughs> and um, at the age of 15, second period, sophomore year in high school, the second period, after second period, the bell rang. And we had from 10.30 to like 10.35 announcements. And when the bell rang, I turned ghost white and I almost fainted. And I remember uh, my classmate sitting next to me. She looked at me. She was a twin, right? And she looked at me and she was like, are you okay? 
And out of my mouth came the words, and I can't even tell you where it came from, right? Or at least at the time, I couldn't have told you where it came from. But now, knowing what I know in my 20 years of research and delving into psychology and delving into intuition and delving into the wisdom of the body and reading about psychics and all that stuff, I now know that I was a pretty tapped in, tuned in, aware kid but I didn't know it at the time. The only place where I was willing to use my wisdom and awareness was on the soccer field or on the volleyball court. And so here I am, sophomore year in high school, second period, and the bell rings, and I turn ghost white, and my friend says, are you okay? And the words that come out of my mouth, without even thinking about it, I was literally about to faint, was, I think my grandma just died. Okay, (laughs) that's kind of an insane thing to say to someone, right? But here's what happened is it was my 15th birthday. Um, My grandmother was named Kathleen McGarva, right? And I was Catherine McIntosh. And we had a connection, a kinship, a whole lot that later on in my mid to late 20s and doing a lot of shamanic work and a lot of like breath work and a lot of soul retrieval and past life regression where I studied it, I did it, I like performed the rituals. It was fascinating and amazing, but I discovered a whole lot of things about my relationship with my grandma that made a whole lot of sense that prior to looking into it didn't. And so 15, none of this made sense to me, but I basically turned ghost white, almost passed out. And I know this might sound really weird to a lot of you listening, but if you're listening and you're like, holy crap, that makes a lot of sense, then keep listening. And if you're like, holy crap, that makes no sense, keep listening because maybe there's some information in here for you. So my grandma dies. And what I now know and what I discovered in my mid-20s doing the shamanic work is that that was the moment my grandmother actually came into my body. She died. And so it's my 15th birthday. And I'm a pain in the butt as a teenager. Like at 13, I just became probably the worst female teenager a parent could have. Now I didn't get arrested. I didn't, well, I did maybe in 17, I was in an underground rave. I wasn't doing anything wrong, but, um, I got arrested and put in a paddy wagon and overnighted in jail, had to take off my shoelaces. And I remember at seven 30 in the morning, my mom gets a phone call from the local police department in downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. (laughs) And um, she shows up. Now, mind you, it's a Sunday morning. It's 7, 7.30 in the morning. And I'm supposed to be at church for my confirmation. So she literally picks me up from jail and we have to drive straight to the church to make it on time. And here I am in the front row, literally going through my confirmation, (laughs) wearing the same freaking clothes I was wearing the night before, which wasn't, I mean, it was I was a very conservative teenage youth who had no self-esteem and didn't know it, right? Only time that I allowed my self-esteem to really come out was 
on the soccer field and in any area of sports. So, so let's back up at age 15, right? My grandmother comes into my body and I get sick, right? I almost faint that day. It's my 15th birthday. My mom's working, you know, well, not working. She was with my grandma. My dad, I don't know where he was. I don't think he was living with us at the time. They went through a pretty horrific divorce. And, and, you know, I knew that my grandma died. And so here I am, this 15-year-old at 10.30 in the morning, almost faint, go to like, I know my grandma died. I get home from soccer practice and there's a nanny at our house cooking us dinner. She's got a birthday cake for me. And I was just pissed. I'm like, really? Seriously? Like my mom's not here for my 15th birthday. Are you kidding me? My dad's not here. What? Like I'm hanging out with a with a nanny that I, that like, I don't care who you are. And I just remember it being really lonely and I was angry. Ooh, I was angry. And, you know, I feel bad for my mom because I'm like here, her mother is dead, died that day. And I'm just being so like, no compassion in my universe, totally selfish. Like how dare you not be there for my birthday? But the piece that I was more pissed about wasn't that my mom wasn't there. It was that she, from my point of view at that time in my life, didn't have the decency to call me and say to me, Catherine, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be around for your birthday. I'm really sorry my mom's so sick. She actually died today at 1030. And, you know, so fast forward to that same day, it's midnight and I am pacing back and forth and I am like having these hellacious conversations in my head about what I'm going to say to my mom when she gets home, right? So my mom, poor thing, like comes home and I'm sitting on the steps just being a mean teenager with my arms crossed and this scowl on my face and this anger raging deep up inside of me. And the first words, not like, hey mom, how you doing? Are you okay? But was like, what time did grandma die? Now, now mind you, no one had told me that grandma had died. No one had told me that my grandmother, who had the same name as I did, had died, okay? But I knew it. I knew it. And this is the, the message that I want to send to all of you is that there are moments in your life where you just know. I think I told the story in episode 12 of me walking down the aisle with my first husband in Quito, Ecuador. I knew I shouldn't have married that man. I knew it right? But I did. And I learned a whole lot of life lessons along the way. And I'm sitting here today with a newfound awareness and attitude and a drive to contribute to the planet in a way that I know I can, partly because I went through that experience. And so I don't regret it. I wouldn't change it. It wasn't very fun. It was a pretty dark period in my life. But I know that those choices shaped me, created me as who I am. And, you know, 
I, I don't really buy into the, to the idea of regret. I'm more buy into the idea of we have cute choices along the way. And those cute choices are designed to wake us up. And some of us, like me, man, need some hard knocks, some two by fours, upside the head, some upside down, insane moments in order to wake up to the awareness. And, you know, if I had to do it all over again, would I do the same thing? I hope not. (laughs) I hope I'd make better choices. And yet I'm here today with this knowing that when we trust ourselves, when we develop newfound levels of self-esteem, there's a whole new choice of possibilities available to us, a whole new reality available to us. And so the death of judgment, you know, I feel sorry for my mom when I was 15. And, you know, when, when she walked in the door and her eyes were probably bloodshot, I didn't even pay attention. It was so unkind to me. And I didn't even pay attention, but I was just so wrapped up in my teenage hellhole. My parents were going through a divorce, you know, I was starting to um, just be really confused. I hadn't gone through puberty yet. <laughs> I had like really no confidence in myself, but what happened on that day when my grandma died and, you know, I found out 13 years later, that's the day she jumped into my body. I spent from 15 to really 35, 36, like in this emotional struggle. And Prior to that day, my 15th birthday, I was a stellar athlete, 6% body fat. I didn't judge my body. I ate whatever I wanted. I worked my ass off and I was good at sports and I loved sports. You know, as a freshman, I was on the varsity soccer team. As a sophomore, I was on the varsity volleyball team. Like I loved athletics and That day, when my grandmother came into my body, my body started getting sick. I started to doubt myself. I started to look at my body and go, I hate you, right? You're so ugly. Well, guess what that created? It created a lifelong mental, emotional, and physical struggle. And so... If you're listening and this resonates with you and there's a moment in your life, a defining moment where you went, that's the day that I started to fall apart. That's the day that I started to doubt my body. That's the day when I started looking in the mirror and hating on myself. I want you to go back in time and really let go of the energetic blueprint that that moment has on your life, that that moment has on your body. So I had to do a lot of work, a lot of (laughs) dancing blindfolded and howling at the moon and being on a volcano in Hawaii when it's erupting into the ocean, right? On the big island and like drumming to the stars and like, you know, like writing in journals and letting go and like, diving into my teenage angst. I did a lot 
of different healing modalities. I've done, you know, tap therapy. I did shamanism for eight years where I traveled on the, around the world and studied with a shaman. I spent three years in the jungles of South America on and off. And every time I would be in South America and we'd go into the jungles and we'd sit in these circles with these shamans, I didn't realize it at the time. I was 23 years old. But what would happen is that, you know, these shamans would do these ceremonies, not with drugs, right? It was just like more like a pipe ceremony and a ritual around the fire where they would, you know, give honor and homage to the land and to the moon and to the stars. And they would sort of work on us. And what they would do is they'd smoke this peace pipe and then they'd get up and they'd smoke the peace pipe in front of each person and they'd do this little like blessing. And about my fifth ceremony in, two years in, fifth ceremony, I kind of woke up and I went, wait a second. I've been in five shamanic ceremonies with five different shamans in five different places on the planet. So in Brazil, in Ecuador, in Peru, right? And they didn't know each other, but every single one of them, when they would get to me, would spend about 20 to 30 minutes and they would do the whole ritual and the whole ceremony in front of me. Now they, how was this coincidence every single time? Right. And I went, wait a second, what's going on here? (laughs) What is this? Like, clearly it's not just a coincidence or an accident. Clearly there's something to this. If five shamans in five different places in the jungles of South America, in three different countries are spending the extra 25, 30 minutes in front of me doing the shamanic ceremony, there's gotta be something to this. And you know, it's true. There was. And so I now know, right. I've had the pleasure of, wow, working on bodies all over the world and waking people up to their body's innate capacity to heal themselves. Our bodies are designed to heal themselves. But here's the thing. If we've got judgments rolling around, if we believe that we're not good enough, right? then those judgments create dis-ease in the body, right? But if you commit to a life of letting go of judgments, letting go of lies, then you can literally take those diseased, diseased cells. So basically every judgment that you project onto your body, every judgment you project onto somebody else, every judgment that you buy as real, your spherical cells in your body, which are whole, alive, vibrant, amazing, mm -mm, those spherical cells, they become elliptical. And dis-ease cannot exist in a body with totally spherical cells. But dis-ease can exist in a body with elliptical cells. And so when you are stressed out, when you're entertaining judgment, when you're buying, oh, I'm not good enough, when you're scrolling on social media and you see everybody's fabulous lives plastered on Instagram, right? (laughs) 
the fake joy, right? Or whatever that is, we all go through moments of pain and struggle and suffering. And not anyone's life that I know is perfect, but that's the joy of the journey is to not judge it and to take it in with no point of view and to allow it to contribute to you in every, every area. Because my friends, there is magic and you are magic and you are invited to become who you were meant to be. But you can't be that if you're buying judgments. You can't be that if you think something's wrong with you, right? And so, right, my, my two friends, Dr. Dane here and Mr. Gary Douglas, they are the co-founders of Access Consciousness. They say, there's nothing wrong with you right? And the other one they say is there's, you're not as fucked up as you think you are. Because here's the thing. The only thing wrong with you is that you think something's wrong with you. The only thing wrong with you is you think judgments are real. But in terms of you and the being you came here to be, you see, we spend so much time worrying about what other people think. We spend so much time hiding our points of views that we have about ourselves, the shame. I've watched grown-ass, beautiful, vibrant, incredible men, sexy, like fierce, just like vibrant on every level, and I've watched them break down and go, this is what I really think about myself. And when I see that, I'm like, I cannot believe it. I've watched potent, amazing, vibrant, sexy women break down that on the outside, you don't, you would think they, they think the world of themselves and all of a sudden they get deep and vulnerable and they go, this is the thing I've been hiding since I was little. And I didn't know it was there. I didn't know that I was suffering in silence and that suffering in silence, my friends, it is a deadly killer the death of judgment you literally need to commit. If this resonates with you, I want to invite you to commit to what would it be like to not hide those things, to not make them a secret. We all have our demons, skeletons in the closet where we think that if somebody finds out our real story, our true story, that we'll be destined to suffering and solitude that will be isolated that will be made fun of but the reality is is that when you share your story when you got nothing to hide when you just let it all out people go oh my god if that's her story if that's his story and they've been able to go from that to a phenomenal life and living, to traveling around the world, to a business that inspires hundreds and thousands of people. Your story is your gift. Your story invites the world to go, wow, if that happened to her and she took that story and made it into a life that contributes to others. If he took that story and he woke up and he went from abusive mom and dad, alcoholics, to literally kicking that abuse in the can and raising a family and getting married and finding the woman of his dreams and changing the planet with his message. If he can do that, I can do it. And so my friends, you got nothing to hide. The more you hide, that is a judgment because it's, it's a judgeable offense to think that you have something to hide. Really? 
You got nothing to hide. <laughs> stop hiding your brilliance, right? Stop, stop making the life lessons that have happened to you along the way a wrongness or a judgeable offense, because if you give them zero energy, if you give them zero significance, you can change the planet. You can change the world and you can deliver a message to those teenagers that are scrolling on Instagram. Do you guys know that 51, I think it's 51. It's either 51 or 54. I'm forgetting in this 10 seconds, but 51% or 54% of nine-year-old girls are now going on diets. So when I was 15, that's when it hit me. I didn't have puberty like till I was 17, (laughs) right? Which made for an interesting coming back from my freshman year in college. But what, like now nine-year-old girls are looking at themselves in the mirror, nine-year-old boys. And you guys, I talk about the statistics for women and their lack of self-esteem or their judgment about their bodies or their diet habits, simply because there's far more statistics out there about women. Women are allowed to talk about their struggles with their body. It's supposed to be natural. And what I want to invite you into is what if not entertaining the judgment? What if not beating yourself up when somebody gives you a compliment? What if totally accepting a compliment and saying thank you was the natural state? But here's the reality. Men have it too, right? Men just suffer in silence because they're not allowed to talk about their insecurities. They're not allowed to shame their bodies. It's not socially acceptable. And yet what I'm loving seeing is that there is a new movement coming alive about let's embrace our beauty. It doesn't matter what size you are. You know, I've got this saying with the no judgment diet, which is you'll never hear an elephant complain about the size of its ass. You'll never hear an elephant complain about the size of its ass, really, truly. And so if you're here to wake up to the woman and man you are, if you're here to wake up to the being you are, wake up. You don't need permission, right? Let go of those judgments. Look at yourself in the mirror. And if those judgments come up, just say hi to them. Don't give them any energy, Don't shame them. Don't resist them. Don't react to them. Don't make yourself wrong for having them. Just go, oh, that's cute. At one point in my life, I bought that I needed to buy that as real and you don't. So my sort of method for curing the judgments and throwing a funeral for judgments is to face them head on and not give them any significance. So what I've done for about six years is I get in the mirror and I look at myself and I watch every judgment I have. And then I go, huh, that's cute. High judgment. Wow. You're kind of evil, aren't you? And then I let them go. And I thank them for the sort of what they were designed to do. So maybe there was a judgment there to protect me from my abusive first husband, right? Maybe they were there to protect me from my dad when he was drinking too much alcohol, 
right? Maybe they were there to protect me when my siblings and I were fighting and getting into lots of trouble. Like we all take on these limitations to protect us. And what I would say is the greatest form of, of protection isn't actually protection, <laughs> right? And, and I stole this, right? This is from one of my mentors, Mr. Gary Douglas, who is just such a phenomenal being. And he says, your greatest form of protection is awareness. When you're aware, you won't walk down that alley late at night, right? When you're aware, you won't, what I did, you won't marry a man that you know is going to beat the crap out of you, Right? When you are aware, you know that you can create a different choice. So all it takes is one second of unawareness to change your life. And I know that we've all had those moments, right? I've had lots of those moments where I've gotten in trouble with the law or where I've gotten in trouble with a relationship or where I've fucked up my business for one second of unawareness. And so it is up to you, not to anybody else. It's nobody else's fault, right? We can only take credit. And what I want to invite you into is what are all the different ways that you can just stop judgment in its tracks and invite a different possibility. So when I am looking in the mirror and those habitual thoughts of, oh, look at your thighs or wow, your butt's getting big or man, you kind of lost your six pack, Catherine. Like when I'm entertaining those thoughts, instead of entertaining them, I just go, uh, -uh, stop it. You don't have a right to diminish me today because look, my body might not be in the best physical shape I want it to be right now. Literally, I'm dealing with a shoulder injury and I was getting, I was getting ripped, you guys. I was so proud of myself. I was doing weights and going to core power yoga and running and skiing and doing all this amazing stuff. And I got a shoulder injury about nine days ago. I fell really hard skiing and then I just kind of didn't really pay attention on awareness, didn't ask my body a question on awareness. And I re-injured it or energized or made the injury worse by doing a whole lot of weights and yoga, whole lot of push-ups. I was doing push-ups and dips and skiing. Now I fell and then I basically like created the injury or made it worse instead of taking a day or two and doing something about it and changing it. So why I'm saying that is, you know, we have these moments where we get injured or something happens. And so, you know, I can look in the mirror and I can beat myself up or I can look in the mirror and go, uh-uh, you don't get to, to entertain judgment today because that is not going to get you where you want to go. That is not going to be the invitation to the world, right? That is not going to create you as the best parent you can be. So what I do in those moments in the mirror is I freaking stop it and I think of something to be grateful for. Now, this particular exercise, we call it the mirror exercise, and um, we've, we've uh, trademarked the whole thing, is, is that we, we look at it and we, um, we start to think of something grateful for. So I used to stand in the mirror and it would take me 
half an hour. Tears, crying, screaming, like wanting to break the mirror because I could not look at myself in the mirror and think of anything about my body or my appearance to be grateful for. I mean, you guys, it's kind of insane. Like I now know how insane that is, but I didn't know how insane it was. Right? I look at some of my most drop-dead gorgeous female friends and drop-dead gorgeous male friends on the planet, and they have insecurities. And I'm like, are you insane that you would even entertain that? And I go, oh, yeah, well, I'm entertaining my insanities. So when you look in the mirror, you you let go of these judgments, and you you immediately think of something to be grateful for. So in the beginning when I did this, it was like, it was like, well, I guess you have beautiful eyes or yeah, you got a good smile or wow, everybody compliments you on your smile. Okay. I can, I can go there or I like your freckles, but like from the neck down, it was like a hell no zone. Even my fingernails, you guys, I couldn't find something to be grateful for. And then it dawned on me about a month into this practice that I was doing in the mirror with myself. And it's, you know, part of the the course in possibilities is there are there were these moments where I went oh those legs those legs that you've been judging your whole life those legs hiked the four day hike in Machu Picchu in Peru those legs carried a sixty pound pack even when your knee was injured and you still did the hike. Those legs went over dead women's woman's pass in Peru. Those legs have biked up mountains on a mountain bike. Those legs have skied some of the coolest peaks on the planet, right? Those legs have trekked all over South America. And so I started to be grateful for what my body could do. And the more I did that, the more what I ate changed, the more how I saw my body change. It was, it was a phenomenal experience. And so if you're like, oh my God, I want that. <laughs> right. You can, you can, um, definitely you're invited to check out the course and possibilities. It's a 90 day online course with me, six live group coaching calls where I coach you into being aware of the wisdom of your body and following those intuition and gut instinct moments, those goosebump moments, those places where your body goes, "Mm," right? We do, we do a lot of things with like, you know, I didn't realize, for example, that my body hated strawberries. And for years I was eating a pint to three pints of strawberries a day. And I could never figure out why I felt puffy. I could never figure out why I always felt like I had an extra 10 pounds on my frame. Well, all of a sudden one day I'm, I'm showing in a class in front of 40 plus people all about like how you can different ways to muscle test to make sure that even the foods that we're told are healthy, maybe they're not so healthy for you personally. And so I was showing in front of this group of people how to muscle test and I grabbed a pint of strawberries and lo and behold, my body was a hell no. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I started laughing. And then I muscle tested it again just to like show them. And again, it was a hell no. And then I did it again and we just had a good laugh. And here I am facilitating this class and going, wow, shows you what I don't no shows you right because here's the deal is this journey of life 
None of us are here to get it right. We're just here on the journey because every day is an evolution of possibilities. Every day our consciousness changes. Every day our body changes, right? And so some of you might be eating foods that your body's like, mm, uh-uh. And if you've been trying everything to change your shape, change your weight, and it's not changing, then I might invite you to find different ways that you can muscle test. I know in the Course in Possibilities, we have two really easy ways that we use muscle testing. Um, and, and it changes people because you go, wow, I didn't realize my body doesn't want that, Right. Wow, I didn't, I didn't even bother to ask a question if my body wanted to eat that food. I was just told it was healthy. Sometimes not so healthy. So my friends, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And if you would like um, more information on the Course in Possibilities, this 90-day course, you can check out the link at no-judgment-diet.com forward slash njd-now. And if you could also just open the podcast page, gangsterofconsciousness.com, go to episode number 15 and the link is in the comments. So my friends, wherever you are in the world, may you know the gift and magic you are. May you begin to trust your body even more. And may you also recognize the judgment. (laughs) It doesn't have to be there. Judgment literally is just a choice. And when you commit to not entertaining judgment, your whole life can change. So from my little corner of the world to yours, may you be the gift and magic you were destined to be. And if you liked this episode, put a comment Let us know how it inspired you. If you want more information, please, please, please reach out to us, uh, team at nojudgmentdiet.com. And uh, my friends, it's been amazing to spend this time with you. Please share these episodes. Let people know. Check it out. Gangster consciousness, all about being the rebel, listening to your gut, and discovering that you know and you've always known. As always, it's been a pleasure, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. If you liked what you heard, if you were inspired, comment, send us an email, let us know what changed for you and feel free to share with your friends. Also make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes and inspiration so you can create what hasn't yet been created before. It takes guts to do what you're doing So if you're ready to be the rebel, follow me on Instagram at Catherine underscore Macintosh and follow the No Judgment Diet on Facebook and Instagram for the latest and greatest tips to tap into your brilliance and unleash your awareness. Genius was not created by following the rules.